Off the ball, Daly. You're very welcome back. Very happy to say Eric Donovan is with us on the line. Good evening. Good evening, Joe. How are you keeping? Yeah, great. Hey, congratulations. EU featherweight champion as of the weekend between the Ramirez fight and the Zelf Barrett fight. We've done too many post-fight uh, reviews oh. of just coming out the wrong side. Very nice to talk about a win. It is. It's lovely. Um, we did too many post-fight, post-mortems. <laughs> they, were, they were pretty dire as well. And uh, they were very hard as well doing those um, interviews because, you know, I was flat. I had to kind of pick myself up off the ground to try and even give those interviews, you know. It was always at a raw time very, very quickly after both fights. But you know what? Kept us to myself off. I just kept rising on a daily basis and just tried my best to get on with it and hopefully hoping that the tide would eventually turn. And uh, it did. And here we are talking about uh, a positive result, thank thank God. Yes, we sure are. So if anybody missed this, this fight was at the Europa Hotel in Belfast Saturday night against Khalil El-Hadri. And the three judges scored the contest in your favour, obviously. 115 to 113, 114 to 113, 115 to 112. Uh, your first time going 12 rounds as a pro. And if mm. anybody hasn't seen the 10th round in particular and they want to flavour this fight, uh, that's the round to have a watch. Your face reflects somebody who went through 12 rounds and, and I mentioned the 10th round where punches were thrown. That eye of yours is fairly bashed up. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, even though I do know, like, I took a lot of punches as well in the fight. Uh, he was a big puncher. He was heavy-handed, to be fair. But uh, the cut and the eye socket kind of happened with one, fla- one quick flash of the heads. Um, it was... There was two minutes and eight seconds left in round six. I noticed because I looked, I checked the back because I was saying to Paki afterwards, I said, Paki, there was a head clash there or something. That's what done the eye, done the cut, wasn't it? Paki goes, no, it was a good punch. It was a good punch. <laughs> I have to check it back because you know the feeling. As a fighter, you know when a head hits you. You know when the difference between the glove and the head. Mm. And um, so I looked at back and about three or four seconds before that, I did, he did catch me with a big punch, a right-hand punch, but it was on this side and uh, this side of the face, the other side of the face. And then, as I said, two or three seconds later, we kind of come together really quick. His, his head, it just happened so quickly and his head kind of hits me right in the socket and and obviously the top of the eye and I come off the worst. You know, um, the blood starts trickling into my eye then and then the swelling starts coming up immediately as well. So, um, to be fair, we had a good co- uh, cut man in the corner and he did a great job on it um, because the task was difficult enough without having blood now trickling into my eye. Um, that's always really, really, um, really difficult to deal with. Uh, but he did a great job. He stemmed the flow of blood and allowed me to get back boxing without any distraction. But um, what a fight. Incredible fight. Wow. Something else. Is that the most exciting uh wild eventful fight you've been part of look 30 years after walking into a boxing club i had my greatest night in a boxing ring you know justification for me all this turning professional at 31 years of age a month before my 31st birthday some people said what's he doing what's it i was three years in retirement as well you know people wrap it up at 31 some people are wrapped up long before 31 you know professional careers and uh you know, I had to deal with a lot of that. I also had to deal with the setbacks and the 
the the losses, the big losses, huge losses, you know, spectacular losses when you think about it, the Zalfa Barda and Ramirez, you know, but yeah. no one said if you want to if you want to um if you want to uh achieve big, you know, you have to be prepared to uh fall high, you know. And uh, there was times where I fell from a from a great height because um I I dared to uh to I dared for high altitude success, you know, and I got my I got my Everest, so I'm very happy. You know the tenth round, which I mentioned a few times now, where both of you just unleash on each other. Do you know yeah. going out into that round, it's going to take that shape, or how does it happen, and what's going through your mind when you're in the midst of minutes like that? No, like you know, Packy always said, like you, you will notice, like it's two years now working with Packy as well, and it takes time. It takes time, and especially it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. You know, uh, some people may may even say that you can't. You know, but. Well, I've been so conditioned as an amateur for so long, and we've talked about this show from time to time, how we analyse fights and, you know, how amateurish I can be, sometimes up very light on my toes and I can look like I'm being knocked around the ring, but that's just all. A lot of that looks, you know, is balance. You know, I'm not the most sturdy in the ring. I'm not the most kind of solid kind of a unit in the ring. I'm very light on my toes. That comes back to my amateur days. The heels are very high. Mm. But um, Pacquiao did say to me, you know, let's navigate through these earlier rounds. High defence. Look, my defence was brilliant. For 12 rounds, I had my hands up really high. Mm. My chin low as well. That was another very important thing. Um, And once we started getting into the second half of the fight, then Pacquiao said to me, Eric, you know, you can start pushing this guy back. He doesn't like it, you know. And I just started to try and edge a little bit forward I didn't want to completely go too much put myself into the line of danger either because he was very heavy handed but I started just answering him back you know he started catching me with some big punches and I just kept answering him back and I think round 10 broke his heart because he'd nothing in 11 or 12 he'd literally nothing um, and he'd done nothing either so round 10 he started off with the first the first minute of round 10 he threw absolutely everything at me and I'm telling you I had to go to a very dark place there like you know and there was times where it may only felt like a few seconds to people, but for me, it felt felt, felt like a very long time. And uh, it even dawned on me at one stage that, Jesus, I hope the towel doesn't come in, you know? Yeah. Like, that's how much, like, I was under the cosh, you know? But I, I just kept working away, plugging away, and just hoped that the tide would turn. And it did. And I just answered. I started throwing back, you know? I just said, come on, let's answer here. Let's kind of stand up, you know? Fight fire with fire. And I just started throwing back and I could see a little wilt in him, you know, and I could see I hurt him in round 10 as well. And, you know, he started to kind of retreat a little bit and took a backward step. And I just knew I broke his heart there, I think, because he hit me with absolutely everything. And uh, and I was going nowhere. I kept coming back and answering. And um, that just gave me the lift and the motivation. And then the mm. crowd. Mm. Oh, my God. The crowd were just incredible. Everybody. I knew everybody there, you know, and there was, I had have great relationships with everybody there and including my personal relationships with my wife and my kids my family I could see everybody I nearly saw all the faces the people that meant so much to me and and they just helped me to to, to get through it and, and and fight it out when you say they're in 10 you have to go to a dark place most mm. of us will never experience that so is it that you're so tired that you can't you feel like you can't keep going is it that you're so hurt that you're dazed and you don't even know where you are or where he is and there's punches coming and you can't even see them take us a bit more into that what what is that dark place like yeah it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really really dark place in the sense that like 
you know that within the space of probably a second or two, your lights could be put out, or you hope and you hold on to the to the to the to that kind of. You actually hope to, um, in a second or two, that you might get out of woods, like you might actually get out of darkness and into the light, and that's the way it is. And uh, like there was times in that tent round where he shook me, like you know, and my head was buzzed, and then he caught me with a body shot as well, and really sickened me. So it was kind of like, oh my god, you 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 can go from a place of self pity and. You can wallow and you can just throw in the towel maybe and or you can just try and hope that the tide might turn, you know, and that's what I tried to do. I just tried to say, right, I'm I understand that this is now I'm I'm giving this to you this way, but this is all happening in a very instinctive uh fashion. Mm. You know, you don't have time to dwell on it like or think about it or analyze it in that kind of slow slow motion pace. But these are kind of images and thoughts that would be flying through your mind mm. like i went from oh my god is the towel going to come in to oh my god i have them you know yeah it's that it's that and that's all happens in the space of two or three seconds like i'm going like from oh my god this could be over to oh my god i have him he's taking a backward step you know would you have been yeah. unhappy if the towel had been thrown in Oh, I would have been, yeah, I would have been absolutely devastated because I just knew I had it in the bank. I knew that all of my life experiences, all the near misses, all the setbacks and all of the losses even, I knew that they were all there and all of the the heartbreak and misfortune that I've had throughout my life, I knew that I could draw on all of that and I knew that the preparation was there. And once I got to round 10, you could actually see that there was a new almost revived energy you know i just bounced around him around yeah. 11 and i've never went past eight rounds before like eight rounds is the furthest i've ever fought you know so i went 12 whole minutes past that like against a really dangerous puncher and um i just wouldn't give up i just refused to give up you know and uh and even getting to the end the end of the fight was just in itself a relief you yeah, know I'm sure. wow. 36 minutes of boxing and then just the ecstasy of the decision and surrounded by everybody that you know, did that live up to what you hoped it would be? Yeah, I think a man reading out the MC kind of made a bit of a aims of it, like, you know, because when he read out Dunham first, I thought, OK, right, so he read Dunham now he's going to read uh, Al Hadri and it's going to be a split decision. Um, but then he read Dunham again and then he read Dunham again. So he kind of went a bit of a long way around it. Mm. Um, Deducing it, but I knew once he said Dunham in the second time, I kind of fell to my knees. I said, That has to be me, <laughs> you know. But then I was like, Did he make a mistake? Then I, you know, so yeah, I suppose even that then at the end was a bit dramatic too. It was all nerve wracking, the whole thing was nerve wracking. I can imagine. Does that feel to you like a perfect send off and, and what a way to go, or where's your head in that front? Well, I actually don't really know because, like, I'm sure my head's going to change and, and, and probably over the next few days and weeks. And then when the little baby comes along, we have a baby incoming as well. So, mm. you know, that'll probably again change my my priorities and my, my even my thoughts and ideas and plans for the future. But like I said, I've always wanted to win a continental title. And I here I am six over six years after turning professional, a long, long road. A lot of a lot of sacrifice, a lot of tough 
experiences uh, and have got there. You know, and many people in life don't actually get to fulfill their dreams, and which is, you know, it's quite sad. But I managed to do mine as a boxer, you know, and um, so so I'm content now. I'm very happy. Do I want to go again? I don't know. You know, like there is that possibility of of maybe fighting again without the pressure of I have to win this or whatever and give people maybe a homecoming or whatever. There's all these possibilities mm. that I can explore. I, I'm i kind of just browsing over them there now yeah. in this kind of conversation, but I'm not, I, I'm going to have to think about it and go in, go, you know, go in to explore them uh, in a more deeper sense. But right now I'm just, I've decided to park them for a while. No, it's, it's, it's it, my it, wife's time it, now because she's makes. given me so much time over the last three months and I want to give back to her and um, welcome the baby into the work. Yeah. yeah, you'll be busy in the short term for sure. And when you do think about these things, because I, I, I suspect for much mm-hmm. of the last six, seven years since you turned pro, it was the predominant thought was a drive to do something at this level and to, to make amends for where you feel you could have done more as an amateur and it didn't happen for you. And, and I guess that was the overarching thought. So I, I wonder now, where does your own safety come into your thinking as you get older and with children and all of those considerations? I, I, I dare say you didn't think about your safety all that much over the last six, seven years. No, to be fair, I did. And the last fight against Ramirez, I kind of felt like, even though the, the Zelfa Barrett fight was probably, I probably took more even though it wasn't a long, a prolonged period of shipping punches mm. against Paris, uh, round seven and round eight, I did take a fair few off him. Um, but because I was so good in that fight, yeah. and because I was outboxing him and schooling him, people were okay about that. They just said, ah, you, got, you kind of got caught, it's okay. But against Ramirez, he, Ramirez only really caught me with one clean swoop. It was a punch that kind of scrambled my senses. It was behind the just behind the ear, top, lower neck, lower back of the neck. There, it kind of scrambled my senses. But I could tell then the way people were talking to me, especially family and close friends, and I was getting the impression from them that there was a bit of concern. You know that they're really kind of concerned for my well-being and welfare and that kind of stuff. And I never really had that conversation with them before, you know. Mm. And even my wife, you know, the way she kind of spoke to me and the way, like, w- was very much different than the conversations we had after the Zalfa Barra fight. So, right. no, we're aware, we're aware of these. Like, we're aware, I'm, I'm very much aware as well. I'm a realist, like, you know, and I'll be open and honest as well, almost to a default at times. But I'll always be straight up and honest. And, uh, look, I mean, they're only the fights. And behind the fights, there's training camps for 10, 11, 12 weeks. And that's where a lot, that's where a lot of strenuous, uh, physical, demanding, kind of taxing work goes on. You know, that's where a lot goes on, Joe. And and, and there is tough. So every, like people talk about Ironmans and marathons taking a bit of time off their life. (laughs) Every time you go into a 10 to 12 week training camp for boxing, Mm. Well, I think that takes something from you every time. Yeah, I, so I, I well believe it. The health benefits and the health, you know, and all of that. And these are all areas that will be that will be discussed at length when I'm when I'm thinking about my next move with my wife and with my manager and my. Yes, my look, I, sorry, I'm not trying to talk into anything. By the way, I was just curious because it was such an epic, you know, I mean, it, it, it does have that swan song quality. Mm-hmm. You could probably contentedly uh, ride off into the sunset off the 
the back of a performance like that. On a, on a happier uh, thought and in the short term, I know three o'clock Saturday, a tie, Emily Square a tie, there's a bit of a homecoming for the boy done good. So I guess the plan is to enjoy the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, well it is, yeah. And um, I'm hoping to get to the to the homecoming <laughs> in a tie. <laughs> but once Laura is good and she's in good, good shape and the baby decides the whole off I'm, I'm just... Uh, once the baby decides to come on its due date or a little bit after, we we'll be okay. But um, yeah, no, it's lovely. It's lovely to have these moments and to acknowledge them and just it's great, you know. I, like a tie is a a town where I I've, I've earned my stripes, you know, in the boxing club there and I represented that town, the club, for years and years. And you know, I won a lot, a lot as an amateur. And but like as you said there, I there was times where I just kind of. I felt like I left a lot behind me and uh, had a lot of regrets and a lot of shortcomings in the way. Um, but the whole kind of the, the whole second chance career, the se- the professional chapter of my life was about making amends and writing a few wrongs. I feel like I've done that mm. and it's going to be lovely to go home and um, to a tie and celebrate with all those people. And to prove that, hey guys, you know what, we can, you know, we can do. We we are we are strong, much stronger than than we give ourselves credit for. We're much stronger than we than we think, and we should chase our dreams, you know. And don't be afraid of the, of of the failure, you know, because that's in the failure is is where we learn, truly about who we are and what we are and what we're what we're made of, you know. Like the fight, Michael Conlon made a great analogy. He said it was like my life. You know, it's up and down. I had good points. I had low points. And, and it was, you know, it really, really much, uh, it very much was. Um, but again, just going back to the fight, it's like, it is like life in terms of like people with, who may be struggling with mental health, emotional health, when, when they feel like there is no way out, um, when they feel like when they're in despair and when they're at the end of their tether, you know, Never underestimate the power of holding on for another minute or two minutes or a good night's sleep or a good conversation or tomorrow's a new day. You can't stop the world from turning. And that was the thing. Just hung in there and it kept turning. The tide kept turning. And that's what we should always remember, that no matter what we are going through, no matter how deep and dark the adversity, it will pass. It will pass. Well, listen, champ, everybody here is thrilled for you. We've been talking to you for a long time now. So big, big, big congratulations and enjoy the new arrival. And we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. So thanks so much. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Cheers. Oh.